I'm John Kane, and this is Resistance Radio. I want to thank you for joining me. Hey, we are in our, well, this is my last show of the Fall Fun Drive for WPFW, so um, I'm going to spend some time uh, trying to squeeze you a little bit, trying to get into your pockets a little bit so you'll support uh, this fine station. Uh, look, it, it is a privilege to be on the air in both Washington and New York City on WBAI, but here on WPFW in particular, and... Uh, it doesn't come without needing a commitment, not only from me to do the show, but from you, the listener, to support this uh, this, st- this station, essentially. And, of course, if you make a donation to the station in the name of this show, I greatly appreciate it. And it uh, it also demonstrates that that you appreciate what WPFW is putting into their lineup. Uh, look, they, they it's called Jazz and Justice Radio. And you cannot talk about um justice if you're not going to talk about native issues because there may only be a few other examples that even come close to uh, uh, the injustices that native people have experienced and uh and and that's what I'm here to talk about not only the the injustice but but sometimes I'd like to talk about some of the things that we're doing that that are successful in spite of the injustice so that's what I get to do here uh each week with you in Washington DC and look it's an important place for me my voice to be heard this is where much of the federal policy is uh, is determined, right here in Washington, D.C. And so getting my voice out to you, the public, and maybe either directly or indirectly to some of the folks who are, who are making decisions on our behalf or, you know, for us, uh, which is problematic all by itself. This is, this is why it's so important to be on the air in Washington, and I so appreciate being uh, a part of the WPFW lineup. So, again, let me remind people that if you go to the phone lines, you can make a donation to WPFW, and you can do so by calling 202-588-9739, or then that's the the toll-free number. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's not the toll-free number. The toll-free number, let me get this straight, is 1-800-222-9739. So if you're local, it's 202-588-9739. Toll-free is 1-800-222-9739. Or you can go online to wpfwfm.org uh you can either put slash donate or just follow the tabs on the website to uh to find where to donate and again do it in the name of the show it uh, sends a clear signal that that to management and to the station that uh you appreciate wpfw providing space for native voices and uh and mine in particular so um got a few things i want to get into um even in the midst of uh, trying to solicit funding from you, the listener. So let me first start. I talked about the killer, Killers of the Flower Moon for the last couple of weeks. I did see it last weekend. I saw it on Sunday. Um, I was disappointed, but I'm not going to spend this program going through that. I did a uh, video. It's on YouTube. It's on uh, face, my Facebook live, my Facebook channels, I should say. Um, so you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on YouTube, uh, Let's Talk Native TV. Uh, I, I, I put it up as a podcast under Let's Talk Native, which is the other podcast I do besides this radio show. So you can find that review. It's about 25 minutes long. 
look, the movie was three and a half hours long. I probably could have talked about it for three and a half hours. And, and in fact, I probably have by now over the course of several weeks. But now having seen the film, I thought I could honestly, um, with detail, uh, talk about the film and some of the, you know, some of the problems that I have with it. But having said that, I do want to say, I still encourage people to go see the film because most of you will have no idea what the Osage murders were about. And while some of the, um, the way the character development was done by Scorsese and company, some of the, obviously the dialogue, all this stuff is made up. The, the facts are that people were killed for their oil wealth. And, and many were, many more than were, were talked about in, in the film. Uh, so I, I encourage people to go see it. I, I have to encourage you, if you are interested, to not just see the film Killers of the Flower Moon, but check out the book Killers of the Flower Moon with the subtitle The Osage Murders and the Birth of the FBI. Because the book is investigative journalism. The film is creative art. Uh, and it takes a lot of liberties with, uh, you know, with trying to communicate the personalities of the, uh, you know, uh, of the characters in the film. And of course, those, the primary characters are played by Robert De Niro and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. So um, not to take anything away from Lily Glad Gladstone, but look, when you, when you look at the, the film, you, you know how, per, how, how predominantly they are promoting Leonardo DiCaprio as the center of the film. So again, not going to talk about it a great deal here, but I, um, I will encourage you to check out my review on, on YouTube, um, on Facebook, uh, on podcast, uh, uh, it's it's out there. You you can find it. And if you have trouble finding it, by all means, look for me. But here's the other thing I say, I will say about the film. We need something like this to encourage the conversations that we have that we that are sorely needed. Uh, in spite of what I think are the shortcomings of the film, this film should only serve. In fact, any film, any book, any of this stuff, it it should serve as as um, as an impetus for conversation. And in fact, if you read a book and you never talk to anybody about it, then what good did reading the book do? I mean, honestly, I mean, if you if you read a book or watch a film and you get something from from that you know form of entertainment, and then don't discuss it with anybody, that information or that opinion that you drew from what you watched or read kind of dies with you. And one of the best ways to really delve into any subject is is to understand. Even as you witness the same um, film, book, wh whatever that medium is that, that you're pulling that information from, we all are going to pick different things out of it. We're going to watch a film and we're going to see different things, whether it's off to the side or, or how we interpret things. And the same thing can be about how you read, even something like a piece of investigative journalism like the book by David Grant. It, it's, a lot of it is, is, are matters of fact. But out of those facts, that's how you, you know, that's how you develop an opinion about who these people are that are in the book. And of course, we see how Scorsese and DiCaprio uh, interpreted those those characters. Or even if they didn't interpret it that way from the book, it's the way they portrayed it in the film. So part of the whole thing is not allowing only the book, only the film, only the articles, only the reviews to be. The, the, the last word on these subjects. We've got to talk about these things in, in, in a big way. And 
you know, we're finally starting to see native people get more pulled into the development process and the creative process on on things like Re Reservation Dogs um, as a as a streaming series, um, Dark Winds, uh, which is a Tony Hillerman based on Tony Tony Hillerman's books, which not native again, but a, a larger native cast. Um, you know, part of the the um, indigenous film portion of the Sundance uh, Film Institute. So, I mean, we're, we're starting to see more Native people get involved in the creative process and having enough commercial success that it gets exposed to the rest of us. You know, and, and the problem is, if Killers of the Flower Moon were produced by just a Native um, production team, it wouldn't have gotten the attention that it gets when Martin Scorsese is directing it. And it wouldn't have gotten the attention that it gets when De Niro and DiCaprio are, playing, are starring in the film. And that can cut both ways, and I realize that. But we have to look at any of this stuff. Look, I went to New York City this past week. In fact, that's where I saw the film. I went to New York City because I was a part of a, of a, a discussion. Actually, I moderated a discussion, but you can imagine that my idea of moderating is contributing. So I moderated a discussion with a group that is involved with a PBS series called Native America. Now, they ran um, one season already, and it, and it was a couple of years ago. I mean, it was several years ago. Uh, and now they've produced, what, a season two. And it's only like four, four episodes. And, and I think they, they air on PBS uh, on Tuesday nights. I had some issues with the first, the first season that I saw, the first four episodes uh, created in the past. And part of it is they, they keep the, the same um, very straight theory about our single point origin theories and that kind of stuff. It, uh, it, it you know, again... Uh, gets the date wrong. I think the the producer suggested that that we had been on this continent for twenty five thousand years, and and I even brought it up to the to the producer of the series, and he said, "Well, that's why we took it from fifteen to twenty five thousand because we knew that there was some controversy there." Yeah, but you still gave it a date, and and the fact is that anthro anthropological evidence and archaeological evidence has suggested that there is proof that there were human beings in the Western Hemisphere probably 130,000 years ago. So when you, when you fall into this, the bias associated with where we come from, there's harm done by that. There's harm done by a lot of the, uh, the, the biases that uh, oftentimes even science biases. If science isn't, we'd like to believe that science is this notion where you look at the evidence and you draw a conclusion. Well, there's also this idea of hypothesis more than theory. And hypothesis is when you have a question and you believe you know the answer to that question, that's the hypothesis, and then you start gathering all the information to support your belief, your, your hypothesis. That's not the same thing as science. Science says you gather all information and you let the information guide you to a conclusion, not come into the issue with a conclusion and then just, you know, it's, it's like a prosecution, right? <laughs> you get prosecutors who aren't looking for uh, all of the evidence that would, uh, you know, that would prove a their suspect Innocent? No. They're looking for the evidence that's going to prove his guilt. And oftentimes, that's one of the failed parts of the system. You, they dismiss or, or hide evidence that could clear somebody. Well, when you see now that there's evidence that Native people have existed on, this, on these continents for over 100,000 years ago, it does a couple of things. It not only debunks things like the Bering Strait, or Beringia, as it's called sometimes, um, but it also debunks who we come from. Did we come from an Asian stock, from an African stock, 
from a Polynesian stock, from European stock, or is it so hard to make that determination that you have to give some deference to most of our creation stories to say we are, we're always here? I mean, that's, you know, that ends up being part of the debate, but nobody wants to accept that. And I'm of the belief that there are probably multiple ways that different peoples made it to our homelands but acknowledging that they were already our homelands. We weren't settled by, by Siberian, Mongolians, or whatever else, or completely uh, populated by, uh, by those who traveled across the Atlantic from, uh, you know, from Western Africa, or those who traveled uh, uh, east from, from Polynesia. I think all of those, these, the notions that these are single-point origin theories, I think they're wrong, and I don't think they even justify being called a theory. But So that was one of the questions that I had about the, the first season. They, they kind of stuck to that. There was some good stuff that comes out of it. So I, I still encourage people that if you, you know, have PBS on your streaming service or whatever else, or if, you, you, if they rerun these things, that you, you check out the stories, but don't be afraid to question it. Now, this season, which I was in New York for, um, to talk about this, these next four episodes, is more about contemporary people, you know, about who we are now. And, and, there we're going to, you know, the first episode had, you know, somebody who works for uh, Jet Propulsion Labs involved with, with NASA. Um, we had the guys in, um, in this panel discussion from Hallucination. Uh, you may have known them formerly or known the group as a tribe called Red, but it's Hallucination now. Um, they were a part of this, this panel discussion. Um, there were people who were developing um, ways of building economical houses with uh, uh, with sustainable energy and Pine Ridge, there was a, there were a, a lot uh, there was a lot of contemporary native success stories, I guess you will you'll say um, that are a part of the season. My caveat is when we get to the point where we start start determining that we're going to measure success only by a white man's standard, and I'm not saying the first episode did that. I'm not necessarily saying that, but when we look at people who run for office and get elected or get appointed. So whether we're talking about Deb Haaland in the Interior Department or whether we're talking about um, uh, Wab Kanu being uh, uh, sworn in as the uh, premier of Manitoba, if that's what we're going to determine is success for Native people, I think what we're promoting is, uh, is assimilation. And, and look, congratulations to Deb Haaland and Wab Kanu for, uh, for, uh, for their personal success. But I don't view that as success for Native people because most of these people who either get elected or appointed into these offices are no longer working for us. They're, work, they're serving at the pleasure of the, you know, the prime minister or the president That's who, you know, or, or their, whoever the constituents are, which is not necessarily us and certainly not us in a large enough way that we are going to be somehow you know, given more deference with the, the policies and the procedures and the laws and that, and that kind of stuff that these guys push through. So, I mean, and, I, and a good example of this is, and I've talked about this before, Diane Humatiwa, who was um, appointed as a federal judge by uh, Barack Obama, was recommended for the, for the seat by John McCain and Jeff Flake, two Republicans in Arizona. But a lot of Native people say, oh, great, we're going to have a federal judge, a Native federal judge. Well, if you don't understand her politics, and obviously she was recommended by two Republicans, which, and I'm not suggesting that 
Democrats are good and Republicans are evil, necessarily. I think there's evil in both. But, uh, um, but if you look at what, what was really done there, she gets appointed, and one of the first cases she hears is, uh, is about a highway being run through ancestral native lands, and she rules against native people. You know, and, and anybody who thinks that she was going to rule for native people just because she's native are not understanding how she got to where she is in the first place. And, and I'll tell you, when, when uh, 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 Antonin Scalia passed away, everybody was clamoring, oh, put Diane Humatiwa on the Supreme Court. All I can say is sometimes you got to be careful what you wish for. And, and, and I mean that in many different circumstances. Sometimes we think by popularizing our people or popularizing parts of our culture that, that that's a good thing. And, and making it popular in, in other environments. And, you know, I'll give you another example before we do some pitching here. But another example. We heard that lacrosse is going to be in the Olympics in 2028. Lacrosse. I mean, and that's our sport, right? That's our sport. Well, the problem is I don't know that we're going to be able to be. A, a, you know, we've, we've got a team called the, the Haudenosaunee team. It used to be called Iroquois Nationals, but it's called the uh, Haudenosaunee Nationals, I guess now. There's a good chance that we won't be able to compete in that because we aren't going to meet the criterion for the uh, Olympic Committee, the International Olympic Committee. So, so our sport gets popularized, and we get left out in the cold. And I got to tell you, we have a very small population. So even though we can put a pretty damn good team together from, from Haudenosaunee territories, from the, the originators of the sport, right? Those of us who call it the creator's game. I don't, but some do. Um, we can still field a pretty damn good team. But you know what? In international play, and we have uh, competed internationally in World Cup games and a bunch of these international uh, uh, tournaments, we're going to get third. U.S. and Canada are going to take first and second, almost without a doubt. And and then you got to question how many of our people, Native people, are going to start to vie for spots on the U.S. or Canadian team, so depleting our population pool even more. And as other nations get more involved in this stuff, we're going to see all of these other countries get better and better. We've only got we got less than a hundred thousand people to pull up, you know, pull across players out, uh, and both a women's and a men's team. We're talking about countries that have millions and millions, hundreds of millions, sometimes billions of people in in their country. So, how long can we maintain even medal contention when we're competing against? nations that have populations that are 10, 100, 1,000 times greater than ours. And so, again, I sometimes have to say, be careful what you wish for. I, you know, I love lacrosse. My grandkids play lacrosse. My, my son played lacrosse. I didn't play so much lacrosse. But, uh, but I, I, I love the sport. I think it's a phenomenal sport. Um, and, look, when I, the fact they play it in school and college and that kind of stuff, yeah, that's all kind of cool. But, like I said, when you start seeing our people – um, not being the the go-to players and not being the premier players because, frankly, everybody's getting better. Um, again, be careful what you wish for. All right, hey, we're, uh, we're 20 after. We're going to uh, take a break. I think I got uh, – do I have Miyuki Williams joining me? You certainly do. Well, isn't that a pleasure? <laughs> yes, it is. It's so good to hear you again. I'm so glad that you're here live and on the airs. And thank you so much for sharing. I, I haven't had a chance to see the movie yet, but I do plan to hear uh, see it and then – Watch your podcast or your YouTube video on that. But meanwhile, folks, this is the last opportunity you have to support John Kane uh, during this drive. 
and Resistance Radio, letting people know how much you appreciate it. And again, WPFW is a very diverse and varied program, uh, uh, radio uh, institution with you know different programming. And if this programming is something that you've come to value and rely upon, it's really important that as you are listening to it now, that you make a pledge of support to Resistance Radio with John uh, Kane because he's given so much so much information. It's a master class. And forgive my ignorance, John Kane. I did not realize that uh, lacrosse came from Native Americans. See, I there never you knew go. That. It's, it's already I, I, we're I played, already kind of being erased lacrosse. a little bit. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, <laughs> I played lacrosse and didn't. But uh, the number is two zero two five eight eight nine seven three nine or one eight hundred two two two. 9739, or if you're listening on the web, maybe you're listening across the nation and other places to hear John Kane speak about these different topics related to Native people, it's WPFWFM.org, or you can use Cash App. Cash App is dollar sign WPFW. And we're asking you, if you're listening to Resistance Radio with John Kane and you enjoy it, maybe tell a friend. Tell a friend about all the different information that you're learning and um, and, and all this, this masterclass he's giving on issues that are Native American and beyond and how it all, again, connects. We all connect. We all are part of the human family. And if that is something you've come to rely upon and value, do call 202-588-9739. Now, um, it's not John your Kane. last chance because you can always support WPFW. Right, but I said during, I said and, during this drive. Yeah, last, last chance during, during the drive. Because, yeah, of course, have, you can always give us money. Never we, say no. <laughs> we do have goals, and, and we, we set goals specifically during the fun drive. And so I would appreciate if you help me reach my goal and, and reach the goal set for this, uh, for this program. So, um, again, look, if you hit the lottery next week, Yes, you can still donate. <laughs> so, so don't think for a second we ever we ever shut the phone lines down. No, you can keep this, going. This is and absolutely true. But... And I said this before, Miyuki, you backed me up on this. Yes, we need you to support the station. But here's the other thing we, we need you to do. We need you to speak about the station. We need you to spread the word. Get Encourage your friends and your family and your acquaintances to check out not only Resistance Radio, but but WPFW and the, and the diverse programming that we have here. So we need the listeners we currently have to support the, the station, but we need new listeners. And we need those new listeners to support the station. So I always have two asks. I say spread the word and, uh, you know, and share the wealth. Do what you can to support this station and, frankly, uh, this, this program on the station. Uh, I, I, I certainly you appreciate up. it. And, and I can't thank the folks the powers that be here at um, at WPFW enough for allowing me to have a platform here. Well, I appreciate you um, saying in earnest all that you did. Of course, I back you up 100%. So please, folks. You, and the thing is, when I say it's the last opportunity this drive, you know, John Regan is here with Resistance Radio. Uh, Ra uh, John, John Kane is here with Resistance Radio. And again, he's here live and he's talking to us. And if you appreciate Again, the information that he imparts, the things that he spotlights and, and, and reveals to us, it's really important that you take just a moment and acknowledge and let him know because he is a volunteer. I keep reminding folks, you know, every most other community uh, radio stations or television stations that you see or hear from, they're run by people whose job it is to do this. This is a volunteer who gives of his time and his intellect. Again, it's a sacred space that he inhabits and he knows that it's a privilege and an honor. And he, he shares really important information with us. And if you appreciate it, we're asking you to please go to the phones, 
please uh, make a, 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 a donation as generously as you can. And I'm going to step out of the way, uh, John, so you can continue with your discourse, but I'll be here anytime you need me. All right. I sure appreciate it. All right. Now I got to talk. You know, look, there's a few native subjects that I, I really have difficulty with. And, uh, and I got to talk about one because now it's affecting somebody that, that I know and that I, that I like and I care about. Um, there's this, this ongoing work to expose frauds um, and fakes amongst uh, those claiming to be indigenous people. Uh, there's a word that's even been coined called pretendians. Uh, and the effort here is to, is to really go after people who have used their claim to native ancestry to advance their careers. And we've seen it in, in authors, we've seen it in uh, other types of journalists, we've seen it uh, in people who, are, who run for office, who, who have done all kinds of things, uh, you know, artists, uh, writers, actors, all kinds of people who have used um, use their claim to native identity to advance their, their careers. Now, this is a slippery slope because I know some people who've been caught up into this thing that I thought, I'm not sure that it was necessarily a legit uh, claim that they were outright frauds. And for many, I don't know. Because I gotta tell you, when somebody uh, introduces themselves to me and they say that they're part Indian, that always bugs me anyway, because I first question I have is what part. Um, but when, I, when somebody says that, I don't immediately question whether they're telling me the truth or not, but I do let that be a starting place for a conversation. Oh yeah, who, well, who's your family? I mean, wh where are you from? Or do you know such and such? You're, uh, you know, or, or do you know this person or that person? Or, you know, or have you traveled here or traveled there? So to me, when somebody introduces themselves as being part native or, or having native ancestry, Part of the thing that I try to determine is, okay, do you have any cultural connection to Native people? Or is this something you spit in a test tube or a swab and, and you've got something back from 23andMe and Ancestry.com that has been interpreted to suggest that you have a percentage of Native ancestry? Which, and none of that stuff is very accurate, by the way. Let me, on that subject, what those things are good for is to, is to, is to locate relatives of yours who may have also done the 23andme or ancestry.com you can find genetic matches to people who have put their information on these platforms but in terms of determining actual um well of course ethnicity isn't ge uh genetic i mean but it, but to determine where you're from or, or who your people are that th these things aren't very accurate for that but but look, I, I've said it before. Let me say this, give this stat again. In, 20, in the 2020 census, the number of people who um, identified themselves as Native American, all or in part on the census form, went up 97%, no, I'm sorry, 87% from 2010. That's impossible. I mean, it, it's impossible that our population could have grown by 87% in a 10-year period. That's what's impossible. What isn't impossible is that people who've never claimed to be native uh, before all of a sudden decided in the last census that, yeah, we're gonna, I'm going to put that down on my census form. Hey, look, you don't have to prove anything. You just write it. You just check a box. So there's no proof involved. There's nothing that says, okay, well, uh, give me your quote-unquote enrollment number or who your family. No, none of that stuff. You just check a box. And I will say 
make no mistake about it, we didn't see an 87% increase in funding that comes our way as a part of some of the treaties and that kind of stuff that the obligations were, were health and, you know, human services, all these other, you know, um, uh, obligations the federal government has uh, towards us because of lands that were ceded and that kind of stuff. We didn't see an 87% increase. We didn't get our, our roads all redone and everything else. None, none of that stuff happened. So, but what you see is a trend. And in that trend, and this trend has been going on for a long time, but, uh, but we've seen people that, that have gotten exposed. Well, you know, Seisheen Littlefeather, for those who don't recall, she was the one who um, uh, went to the podium when Marlon Brando was, uh, um, won the Oscar for The Godfather and declined the award. And, and then, you know, uh, she went up there, again, claiming to be Seisheen Littlefeather, a native, native woman, and, and gave... Uh, a speech that Brando had prepared um, condemning the treatment of, of Native people. Uh, turns out she wasn't Native at all. Uh, if, those of you who remember, when I was a kid, there was these commercials. Some of the most successful PSAs, public service announcements, that ever were, were the ones that were supposed to stop littering. Of course, the problem with it is they made it sound like the pollution problem wasn't the big corporations. It was the consumers, right? So they, they had a Native guy walking the streets and having uh, garbage thrown at his feet out car windows. He on a canoe with stuff floating in the, in the water. And that kind of, well, it turns out the guy wasn't native. It's a guy who promoted himself as iron eyes Cody, but he was, he was Italian or Sicilian. He wasn't native at all, but he got movie parts. He, you know, he became famous because of the, those PSAs. And, and, and if you don't think that there's harm in that, the, the problem is that sometimes these people are taking jobs that otherwise would have gone to native people, whether it's in, whether it's in uh, theater or in film or, or whether it's just being a spokesperson for native people. And we've seen some people uh, become these, these really engaged activists that may or may not be native. Now, the shoe that has dropped recently has been the claim by um, a, a TV news magazine program on the Canadian side that has done an investigation into Buffy St. Marie. Now, I'm going to tell you, I, I know Buffy St. Marie. I, you know, I, I call her one of my friends. Um, known her for a long time. I, 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 she's been on my show before. Uh, I think that she's been a, an ardent um, a, a spokesperson for Native issues. Her, and, and that's reflected in both her music and in, in many of the other um, things that she's appeared on. I mean, I've, I've seen, heard her. In fact, she did the um, uh, the narration for uh, a film that I've advocated strongly called the um, uh, the Doctrine of Christian the Doctrine of Christian Discovery. Uh, or I'm sorry, it, oh, the Doctrine of Discovery. That's what it's called. Unmasking the Domination Code is the is the film, and she she narrated that. You know, she's obviously she's been on Sesame Street and all this other stuff, but now there is. You know, some pretty damning evidence that, that are suggesting that she she may or may not have any native ancestry at all. And it, look, it doesn't undo the work, the good work that she's done, and, and and the fact that she's you know had great messaging over the years. But anybody who's been promoting themselves as a native people, native person, to advance their career, and and again, I I'm not judging. I don't have the evidence in front of me or any of that other stuff. But for anybody who does this kind of thing. It does have harm to it. The problem is I think that there have been native people that have been called out for this pretending, I hate to use the word witch hunt after, uh, after Trump has uh, used that so much, but 
but there, there, there is almost a, you know, uh, a thirst for exposing people. And, and look, there are people who have made entire careers out of this stuff, out of, out of just trying to exposing, uh, uh, trying to expose pretendians. I find it a bit of a slippery slope and I choose not to um, engage in that. But because this story is really kind of breaking now and, uh, and, and, and Buffy uh, St. Marie has, has addressed it. She's responded with a video and, and a written response. Um, and it's probably going to get uglier before it gets prettier, put it that way. You know, and look, Buffy St. Marie, she's in her 80s at this point. She's, she's retired from performing. Um, it, the, the, the rigors of, having to, of, of performing are tough. And, and when you get into your 80s, apparently the only job you're qualified for uh, when you're in your 80s is the president of the United States. Uh, but what do I know? <laughs> um, but uh, look, this is, this is problematic, um, you know, to, to see how this goes. And, and I'm, you know, like I said, I'm neither condemning Buffy St. Marie nor, um, nor defending her. Uh, but I will say that we see a lot of it. Elizabeth Warren is, is another example, right? She's, she's one who, when she went to school, had put down that she was native and, you know, and, and they listed her in their, uh, as a, um, uh, as an instructor, as a professor, as somebody who was native, so, you know, to show, they, to check their diversity box, right? So, Look, we see how this thing goes. And I'm going to tell you, if you, you know, swab the inside of your mouth or spit in a tube and, uh, and let that determine whether you're, you are Native or not, that doesn't determine it. If you don't have a cultural connection, a physical connection to family and to community and to nationhood, if that's what you want to call it, then you are really an American with some spattering, perhaps, of Native ancestry. That doesn't qualify you to speak out. Look, some of the people that I've, and I've talked about on the program, uh, some of the people that, that are uh, pushing the, uh, being pro mascot on, you know, whether it's professional teams or, or high school teams, there's a group of native people that are a part of that or, or, or a group that claims to be native. I have more of a problem with the frauds and the fakes who are harming native people or even the ones who perhaps are legitimate, uh, legitimately, uh, you know, of native stock. If they're harming Native people, in fact, we have an expression. We, we, call those, we call those people apples because they seem to be red on the outside. I know, I know, red skin, right? Red on the outside, but, but white as hell on the inside. And those, we, I have a bigger issue with those, those people who are trying to harm Native people. And look, that includes some of the politicians. Look, there, there are some, some Native people who have been politicians or who have run for office and do everything in their power to hurt Native people. I don't know how many people know that there was a native vice president of the United States under Herbert Hoover, I think it was. He was a, he was a, um, a, a congressman out of Kansas and then a, uh, a state uh, senator or a, a, um, a U.S. senator from Kansas. And then he, was, uh, he, he ran alongside Hoover for the, for the presidency. And he was, the, he was the vice president of the United States. I mean, first in line to the presidency. And he was caught. But you know what? This guy never did anything to help Native people. In fact, getting back to Killers of the Flower Moon, some of those people from Oklahoma had reached out to Charles Curtis. That was his name. I guess I didn't give his name yet. Charles Curtis. They reached out to him. I think he was a senator at the time. Because they thought, well, oh, here's a Native person in a position of power. Surely he, he will help us. No, nah, not so much. Curtis, as a congressman and as a senator, did more to deplete Native land holdings than possibly anybody, uh, anybody else of his time. 
And of course, because he's native, it ends up carrying a certain amount of weight. That's why you, you've got like Fox News just looking for somebody claiming to be native. Say, oh, no, I think it's fine that the Washington football team calls themselves a racial slur. And they'll give more weight to that voice because they're native. That's the problem with both those who are frauds calling themselves native and those who are actually native who, who just are really trying to pander to, uh, you know, to white crowds. It is, it is a problem. And I don't suggest that it's not a problem. I just, my biggest issue is I don't think it's um, my job to determine who's real and not real. If you tell me that you're part native, I'm going to take you at your word. I will try to fare out a little bit whether you are merely somebody of, you know, of some limited native ancestry. Um, and if, if you are from a native community, then, then we're going to have more to talk about. But if you're merely an American who's grown up as a white person or a non-native person your whole life, who just recently discovered, or perhaps they had a little bit of family lore. Yeah, my great-grandmother was a Cherokee princess. If you're one of those folks, we probably don't have a lot to talk about. I mean, especially if that's the, the, the basis for your, your introduction to me. But if you're from a Native community, if you've been involved in Native issues, if there's something you're troubled with or something you want more information for, or perhaps you've got information that you can provide me, then yeah, we got a lot to talk about. But otherwise, you know, for me, a lot of that falls into that same category. And see, this is, again, this is the problem. Because there are so many people who are trying to utilize. I mean, look, we, this isn't just something that happened with Native people, by the way. We saw this happening. I think one of the ones, women that work for the NCAA or NAACP, I should say, you know, got outed because she she was she just happened to have curly hair and a little bit of a dark complexion, and she was trying to pass herself off as as being black. And we know that look, being black or being Native isn't just about skin color. I mean, a black person isn't just a, a, they're not just a black person because of their skin color. There's a whole another history that goes with being black. Being black is a, is a bigger thing than the color of your skin. Being native is a bigger thing than, than, um, than just whether you look the part or not. You know, whether you're Buffy St. Marie or, uh, or Iron, Chief Iron Eyes Cody or whatever they were calling him, or Satine Littlefeather. Look, there's a lot of people. You can be Italian and be dark complected and you know and uh, invariably you know ha uh, possess that um what people have created the stereotype about this big indian nose right <laughs> i mean i there are plenty of italian people who can pass for, pass for native in terms of just an appearance wise but uh, you know again i i, I don't want to do i don't want to spend too much time on this so I, I probably talked about it longer than i planned to but i know this is a story and, and it's probably going to get uglier, and I don't want to not mention it, but I also don't want to do sh shows for weeks about, uh, about this battle with uh, Buffy Zay Marie. I like Buffy. I like her music. I like the work that she's done, and uh, I'm disappointed if it turns out that she has been um, dishonest about her ancestry. Um, but you know what? At 82 years old, um, I think a lot of it at this point is water, uh, under the bridge, as they say. So, all right, let me, let me uh, get back to you folks and, uh, and impress you again. Um, I, I don't know if I answer, if sometimes I address issues that you want me to address, but sometimes some, some things need to be talked about. But this is, this is the, the luxury of having a platform on WPFW. And the fact that this radio station gives me an hour every week to inform you, to uh, um, 
to, to educate you and, and perhaps ask you to educate yourself. Because like I said, getting back to the movies and the books, it's not enough to read a, a movie, uh, read a book and watch a movie. You have got to engage people. And, and look, you can engage me. I, the, the hope is in the future, and we're working this thing out with, uh, with WPFW, is for me to do this show live pretty much every week. And we're going to try to open up phone lines and do that kind of stuff. I don't know if we're going to do it with the current um, me, by the current means that, we're, that I'm joining you here now with or whether we're going to come up with a, uh, perhaps a higher quality audio sound uh, for me to, to pick you up and you pick me up from, uh, from Washington. Again, for those who don't know, I'm Mohawk or Ganyagahaga. My wife is Oneida. My kids are Oneida. And I live on the Cattaraugus territory of the Seneca Nation which is about 30 miles south of Buffalo, if you don't know where that is. So I'm doing the show remotely. And since COVID, that's how I've been doing the show on, uh, in New York on WBAI. And that's how I initiated, uh, began doing the show here in, um, on WPFW. So uh, when we do get to that place where we're opening up phone lines, uh, I welcome your questions. Uh, you know, when I first started doing a talkback show on WBAI, I was instructed, you know, put a topic out there and try to stay near, narrowly focused on, on that topic. And, and I said, you know what? If somebody wants to call in and ask me something out of the blue, I'm, I'm fine with that. And that's what we plan to do going forward. So, uh, but again, if you want to secure my space on, on, this, uh, you know, on this grid, then I ask you to support the station. I ask you to, again, go to the phone lines. If, you, if you're local, um, you, can, you can call 202 588 9739. If you are not local, if you're listening online, perhaps you're watching and listening right now on Facebook Live. I'm Facebook Live streaming this, this show today. And, of course, I put the show up as a podcast uh, after the fact. So if you are listening outside of the, uh, the D.C. area and you have a long-distance service charge, you can use the 800 number, which is 1-800-222-9739. And if you do that... Uh, and, and make a donation. I know my, my, my goal, and I don't know if I hit the goal last few weeks. I think we got close uh, last week, but maybe this is the week that we do it. And I don't know, Miyuki, what's, uh, is there anything you can add that can, well, you, the, give the cash app information and that kind of stuff. Maybe we, maybe we can okay. maybe get to hit well, this level website, after all. Okay, I'm sure you can. Um, the, the website address is wpfwfm.org. You just go to the Donate Now button. And the cash app is uh, dollar sign WPFW, and please put Resistance Radio or put John Kane. Someone has called and made a pledge of support anonymously from Bethesda. Thank you so much, uh, anonymous uh, caller from Bethesda. We appreciate you very much. So we have now about $500 to get John Kane. We can do that. You really have some intriguing and, uh, and, and, and um, enlightening conversation. I really appreciate it. I just wanted to share with you, I was on vacation and I was uh, floating in the ocean and I met some people and they said, uh, I said, I was from Washington, D.C. And they said, hey, tell me this, be truthful. Do they really have to change that name? And I said, absolutely. And they said, but why? It's not a big deal. I said, it is a big deal. I said, one time our government uh, was paying out $20 per um, uh, a scalp red skin for an adult and $10 for a child. And just saying those words made those people cringe and they got it right away. Whereas before they uh, had no knowledge of that information. And so I learned that from WPFW, listening to WPFW. And so part of what John Kane is doing, again, is educating us about all these native issues and how it all connects and gives everybody 
the information that needed in order to understand each other. I had no idea that the man who did that commercial, John Kane, uh, with the one tear coming down his face was Italian. I mean, Crying Indian. Yeah, this was well. one of the most <laughs> effective commercials ever, ever. And I had no idea. So again, I appreciate your, 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 your task and your success and educating the public because only with knowing the information will we be able to act accordingly. So if you all listening, appreciate it, please. Um, call 202-588-9739, 1-800-222-9739-WPFWFM.org or, um, or WPFW on Cash App is dollar sign WPFW. John Kane gives us a master class on indigenous people, on native people, and why the issues to be ra- that he's raising are important. And again, it all connects to other things going on in current events. It all connects to our culture. It all connects to our history. And if you appreciate that education, if you appreciate this knowledge, please just take a moment and make a pledge of support to a show that you really, really are learning from. Well, I, I, I appreciate it. And look, when we get down to the end of the show, we know that According to to the stats, this is when people call in and make their donations. They they save it to the end of the program. So this is Absolutely. your opportunity to do it now. So this is the time for you to pick up the phone. Again, uh, 1-800-222-9739, 202-588-9739. This is the time to pick up the phone and make a, make a donation to the, to the station. This is a, a good time to do it. Uh, and look... I mentioned that, I, that I'd love for you to not only donate to the station, but also spread the word about the station, spread the word about this program. But you know what? The other thing is what you hear on this program, just like, just like Miyogi was suggesting, when you hear something on this program, it, the, part of the purpose of what I do here is to give you enough information so when that opportunity does come to have a conversation, you can spread what you learned here. And, and by, all, by all means, Question what you learn here. L- look up what I say. Look, if I, if I tell you that, you know, that George Washington uh, was, the, uh, was the, the first person in the United States to, to use terrorism as a military strategy against the Senecas, look it up. Look up, look up the orders to, for the Sullivan campaign. When I tell you things about, you know, Jefferson or Franklin or Obama or Trump, look it up. Don't take my word for it. But I think these are the, the conversations that, that need to be had so you can have those conversations. So I'm telling, I'm starting a conversation with you that my hope is that you will continue. So not only do I hope that you'll spread the word about the program and the station so we can gain more listeners, but I want you to be more informed so you can engage people in conversation. And when somebody says, you know, I don't see any problem with that native mascot issue, but when you hear from us and you, and you hear the perspective, and then when you hear me suggest, would any other people be used for a mascot? Would, would any other people be used in this denigrating mockery that is, that is a, a, a sports mascot? Would any other people be used that? What, and when you look for that answer and you find out, no, nobody else is. Well, that should raise a question. Is blackface wrong? Yeah. Well, what about redface? What about somebody wearing a headdress or doing a, you know, th- the tomahawk chop, which is, in other words, of, uh, you know, it's, it's symbolizing bludgeoning somebody to death. I mean, it, Aren't these things problems? And yes, they are. But if you don't think about them, if you just blindly go along with what everybody else has accepted, and that's why I appreciate having the opportunity to be here, especially in a place like Washington, D.C. I mean, this is a place where where decisions are made, rightly, more often wrong than not, uh, on our behalf. 
So my best pushback is to, is to make you an informed listenership, make you an informed person within the community, especially in significant communities like New York and, and Washington, D.C. So the more of you that I can educate, the more of you, you that I can at least get to ponder the question, even if you don't necessarily agree with what I'm saying here, just to ponder the question, the, the better chance we have of getting a little bit, bit of pushback on, on what somebody, you know, how somebody views Native people and, and whether we really are incompetent of taking care of ourselves, like the, the, the Killers of the Flower Moon suggested, that we, we need to have the government control every aspect of our lives. I mean, I, I talk about the doctrine of Christian discovery on the show, uh, but I also talk about the fact that there is a certain way that Native people are dealt with in, in the United States that defies democracy and rule of law and constitutionality, all of that stuff. There's an authoritarian rule associated with Congress having what they call plenary powers. Can you imagine your government or a portion of your government having absolute authority to determine the meets and bounds of, of my sovereignty, of, of my life. That's what, that's what the Supreme Court has acknowledged. These are the challenges that we have. We need to push back against that, that type of authoritarian rule. We need to push back against this notion that we are wards of the state, because we're not. And the fact that we were treated this way always leads to the same kinds of, leads to issues like, like the uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, the murders of the Osage. I will say, I raised this question before because I didn't know. I didn't know until I saw the film. They do actually mention the Tulsa riots. And the reason that's important is I actually had David Grant on my show, and I asked him that question. I said, why did you mention the Tulsa riots? It was literally 30 miles down the road. And it happened in 1923, right at the same time that these murders were taking place. So my question is, why didn't you mention it? And he said it, it was a mistake. It was an oversight. And the fact that it's mentioned in the movie, it, doesn't, it still doesn't necessarily address the fact that we have, you know, in this area, this level of racism that would not only, you know, turn out to the murder of, of hundreds of Osage, but the murder of hundreds of, uh, of successful black um, people living in, in, in a, an affluent part of Tulsa. So if you don't connect those two things, if you only silo our issues, and you say, oh, what happened to the Osage is, is unique and it was an, an anomaly. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Look what happened just 30 miles down the road. Don't tell me it was an anomaly. So these are the conversations that I'm trying to have with you. These are the, conver the conversations that I'm trying to get you to have when I'm not on the air. So again, this is my last show in this fun drive. So love to meet the, uh, you know, meet the target. I'd love to meet that. Uh, we need, a, I think, about $500 more. I'd love for you to make your donations now as the, as the show winds down. Make your donations now. Get me to that target. But I will say, if you can't do it, if you can't do it today, there is next week. And there is the next week after that. Because we always leave the phone lines open. You can make a donation online or, or by phone or cash up. You can do that anytime. We, we make a special effort, and I give additional time from my show to talk about fundraising during the fund drive. I won't talk about it so much uh, after this week until our next fund drive. But... Do know that you can always make a donation to the station. You can always, and you can do it in the name of any program. I'm always asking for you to do it in the name of my program. Uh, it all goes to the same place. It goes to the operation. It doesn't go to me. Uh, I'm like, like me said, I'm, I'm a volunteer. I, I give my show to WPFW 
and to your audience because my payback is your education on the on the subject. That's how I get that's that's my payback is you becoming educated and hopefully being intrigued enough by what you hear that you support the station. That's how you pay me back. You you support the station and you spread the word. You spread the word about the information. You spread the word about the station, and you spread the word about uh, about this program. That's how you. Um, that's the payback, right? That's how you pay it forward. I'm giving to you, and we're hoping that you will pay it forward to WPFW and to the people that you know and love. Let them be more educated. Let them know why the Washington football team can't use a racial slur for a name. Let them know that even you know a liberal court justice like Ruth Bader Ginsburg cited the doctrine of Christian discovery uh, in, to rule against the Oneidas in a case in 2005, not ancient history. Let them know about the, the Osage murders in the 1920s. Let them know about all of the stuff. That's what's important. And that's why I do this show. And that's why I ask you to support the program, support the station. And you know what? Spread the word. Spread the word. That's, you know, I, I can't say enough about, uh, enough about that. It's so important. Because I, I assume that the, most of you who are going to donate, and I know it's not a, a real big per, percentage of the, of the listenership. It, we, we've heard the stats. We know it's not a great uh, big percentage. But... The ones who are going to take this message to heart likely are already donating. And, and look, I hope you can, you can press your friends and neighbors to, to support the station, listen to the station and support the station. But, you know, this is the, what we need to do is we need to expand listenership and we need to get a, a commitment from you. Look, you're paying for, for Netflix. You're paying for Disney Plus and, and you know, uh, Prime Video. You're paying for these services, streaming services. You get to set the level. You can be a sustaining member by giving up your credit card information or your checking account information, and it comes out once a month, $10 a month, $15 a month. I mean, even if you want to target it right along the same levels of your, your streaming services, and you don't have to look for it. For, I mean, there's, there's good programming on WPFW all day long. And, and you're going to hear something new every time. And, you know, a lot of times you go to these, uh, these subscription services, and you realize, man, there's no new movies on here. Everything on here is something that I watched already. Well, that's not what you're going to find here. You're going to find something new, um, refreshing every single day. And that's what I'm going to try to do. Look, I do plow some of the same earth from, from time to time. But usually it's a, I, I've got an update. I've got to give you more information about that. So I want to thank you for listening to the program. It is, uh, it is so um, important that I have this platform here in Washington, D.C. So I want to thank you for listening. I am John Kane, and this is Resistance Radio. Yahweh. And you have about 30 seconds to call 202-588-9739. Support John Kane. Support Resistance Radio. Support this masterclass that you get from him on a weekly basis. Keep him here in this seat. 202-588-9739. Join Anonymous and Bethesda. Help us get to this goal. One person making a pledge of $45 a month will get us over goal. So please think about the value of what you just learned. Think about the fact that we have to continue supporting here. Give John Kane a voice here in the nation's capital. 202-588-9739. Please call. Mm-hmm.